Hey, Balls and Magic. Welcome back to How to Be Queer Podcast. My name is Alex. My pronouns are they, them. Hi, I am Kim. My pronouns are she, her. I am your your co-host of How to we're, Be Queer. Yeah, we're co-hosts. We're co-hosts. It's and a, married. And we're married. It's delightful. <laughs> we got married November 19th of 2021. We so did. we're still, like, does that still count as a newlywed? Are you a newlywed for a year? I think so. For yeah. The, for, for, for the first year. Yeah. So we're newlyweds yeah. still. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. Welcome to our podcast, How to Be Queer, where we talk about all things about queerness in a heteronormative world. Yes. We have an awesome episode here for you today. We have all sorts of things to talk about. A book that you're reading, Kim. Oh my God. Yeah. I want to definitely talk about the book. Um, we'll dive into some TikTok comments that we get. Yeah. Questions, as well as perhaps if we get there, straight washing. Oh boy. And we'll just, we'll describe and we got a lot on deck. Yeah. So before we even get to any of these things, let's thank our sponsor, Youth Scene. Thank you, Youth Scene. You guys are amazing. Amazing. Check them out, youthseen.org. Go hit that donate button. Give them all the monies. So, um, oh, here comes Captain Underbite. Hot on on it. He's here. He's hot on the trail. Um, School starting soon. So if you need support for your LGBTQ youth, he's He's eating toilet paper. Um, if if you need support for your LGBTQ youth um, and or f- uh, families, go to youthscene.org and look up resources, connections, community, family. Yeah, and you do. You're amazing because you um, also do some work with GSAs. Mm-hmm. which I know used to be gay straight alliance, but it's updated language to what is it? Uh, gender. Yeah. I just learned in the past six months. So it was gay straight alliance. Then it went to, well, I think there's QSAs and there's GSAs to gender sexuality alliance. Okay. So it encompasses all genders and all sexualities. And then, you know, Q would be queer. I love that. I mean, I yeah. wish that they, I wish we would have had something like that when I was going to school. Probably could have saved me a lot of oh my, heartache and confusion. Gosh, me too. And I'm assuming for my, um, my, my other gay people that were in my schools with me that none of us even knew how to talk to each other. Um, that would have been really helpful. So mm-hmm. yay for, yay for the GSAs, the QSAs, all, all the things. Yeah. If I would have had a thriving LGBTQ adult in my life. They said, hey, it's okay to be gay. It's okay to be you. It's yeah. okay to be gay. It's okay to be not in, in the binary. I love that word, thrive. Right. I am a thriver. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been there. What's, you know, I, how I'm feeling about this Lizzo song. I freaking it's love this Lizzo time. song. And, you know, when she's like, I've been through a lot, but I'm still flirty. Mm-hmm. Um, if, and I, I totally feel that. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's been a lot for everybody since 2020. Yeah. Um, I, I have not met a single person that hasn't been like, ooh, 20, you know, tw- the past two years, but it does, it definitely feels like we've been through a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm still flirty. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still flirty, at least with you. Hey. That work. Yeah. Please. Speaking of Lizzo and flirty. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, which I guess people do. Yeah. You can watch us on, we have, we're, we're increasing, we're expanding, we're on YouTube now. Yeah. So you can actually see what we look like when we produce our, our highly produced podcast. Um, But I, in the, in the beginning of the summer, 
um, the song by Lizzo about damn time came out and I listened to it like one time and I was like, this is my song. Yeah. You know, like everybody else in America, this is everybody's song. Thank you, Lizzo Mm -hmm. for creating a moment for people. Um, I love the lyrics, but she, she sings this one part. She's like, you know, I'm just not the girl that I used to be. Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's something about that, that there's something about that in that song that just, I think it's just, it just deeply resonated with me. And so I did something because I really wanted to change. And so I cut, I think it's from, from the, from when I started cutting it till today, it's almost like 24 inches of hair. Really? Yeah. It was like two feet of hair, like from when before, cause in, in March I did like the first cut, right, which was like eight or nine inches. Yeah. And then I did the rest. What was it? Friday, last yeah. Friday too. So it's been yes. about a week. And for me, it feels for me, um, <laughs> it feels really good because when I was in my twenties, I wore this haircut. And I loved it when I was like a young girl, like running around New York city, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I loved it. And then since then I grew and grew and grew and grew hair. Mm -hmm. And, um, do you remember the moment when you're like, I'm going to grow my hair back out? Yeah. I think and this kind of ties to like a lot of the comments and stuff that I've gotten over the past couple of days. It's not lost on me that, you know, I came to New York city and I was like, I am going to find myself and I'm going to be me. And I kind of lost my way a bit. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, but when I lost my way a little bit, the more lost I became, the longer and longer my hair got. Oh. And then I feel, a li- so I'm wondering if, I, and, and, you know, it's funny because, you know, people have looked at pictures of me as a kid and yeah. like, somehow I'm back to that haircut too, hmm. from when I was like in fourth and fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So to me though, I guess you know, so I, my hair, if you're not watching us on YouTube, my hair is very, very short. It's maybe mm-hmm. like an inch at the longest part. It's, it's, it's a cute, cute little pixie. It's a cute little pixie. Yeah. Still, still pretty feminine, but it's a pixie cut. Yeah. And, um, but I noticed that when I got it cut, I'm like, oh, right. That's me. That's my hair face looks a little different because mm-hmm. it's been 20 years, but I'm like, but it's, it's me. Mm-hmm. And there then I, I started, there I am. But yeah. then I started going out in public and having other people see me. And let me tell you, people have a lot to say about hair. Suburban moms do not. <laughs> Suburban moms are not, it's it's interesting to me. And I want to say like, people are really- No, you know, I know, yeah. They're so kind. And we're there's some humor here. Yeah, and if there's like, we'd made two cute little videos and put it on our TikTok accounts. I'm like, this is insane to me of all the things that we put on TikTok, which mm-hmm. we're, we're very much ourselves and we just put shit out there. Yeah. And it's just like me and you joking around about the fact that I got my hair cut. And there's something like 700 comments about my hair. Your hair, yeah. Very positive, very loving, very affirming. But I'm like, that's a lot of people commenting about hair. I'm like, it, it, you cut it off, it grows, you dye it, it goes gray yeah. for people, some people, some humans, it falls out of your head. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't, I guess I just felt like I really wanted just to change. I wanted to change something up. Mm-hmm. I was underestimating what that was going to bring out in other people. Yeah. I think it's interesting. The, if um, we, we could call it the hair effect. <laughs> like Steve Harrington from stranger things. Like people are obsessed with, they call him Steve, the hair. Harrington. Yeah. I can love that show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. I like that connection too. Um, yeah. It's like when you, we, there's the phrase, it's just hair. It's just but, hair. But I mean, it's 
hair. Yeah. I mean, you feel really, you, you've always said that when you got your first gender affirming haircut, it felt really good to you. Yeah. Well, when you mentioned, you know, I got, you went back to the haircut you had when you were like in fourth or fifth grade. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, I was obsessed with Michael J. Fox because yeah. I, I loved family ties, Alex P. Keaton, and I loved Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, what was the, the secret to my success? Like I just, I loved Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And I didn't want to be Michael J. Fox, but I just, I kind of liked him. Yeah. Um, and so I think I wanted to look like Michael J. Fox. Yeah. And so I, I wore his haircut when I was a kid. That's awesome. You have to put picture. I mean, it's, I, I showed that I've shown the picture to people and they're like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I can't say I was a really cute kid. I remember telling my mom th- that I wanted to get my hair cut and I wanted to cut it short. And I don't remember like what that really meant or looked like. And so I ended up with a mullet. Oh, oh. A, fe- a feathered mullet. Oh, sweet. And so my mom would would blow dry it and feather it every morning. And it was <laughs> straight in the back and feathered in the front. You were you were you were business in the front and party in the back. And then and then the, my third grade class picture was we just come from recess. Yeah. And then then we had class pictures. And so I slicked the sides back. Oh, sweetie, you must have looked so cute. And I and I was wearing a navy blue dress. <laughs> you were wearing a dress. I've never seen Mom, you wear a dress. I know you listen to this podcast. Like, oh. please tell me you're laughing with me because I'm dying. Did you have Did you have guns when you were like your arm guns? Were you like a buff kid? You know, my mom said that that I, that I always had little muscles. You always had muscles. Yeah, when I was all, all grown up. Yeah, yeah. I, I I picture I always picture you in the Laura Ashley dress. Because remember those were they were so fancy. Yeah. And they were always like you could have a dress that matched your bedspread, that matched your curtains, that with matched your, your wallpaper. With your Sam and Libby shoes. With your Sam. I I loved Sam and Libby shoes. I think I wore for my eighth grade confirmation. I because you know you wear white. Mm-hmm. And so I had this really cute white dress. It actually had a cutout in the back. I was very ahead of the trend. <laughs> um, and then I had magenta. Sam and Libby shoes. Oh. It was very fashion forward even then. I got white ones from TJ Maxx. You would wear you would wear white Sam and Libby's? I had white Sam and Libby's. And so they were clean for like a day. Right. Yeah, totally. I think I was onto something when I chose I the magenta. Threw in the river at some point. You did like your football player walk. <laughs> and then chucked them. Anyway. Yeah. So it it's just interesting. Like I, I don't know how long I'll keep short hair. I may, you know, I, I, what I, my idea in my head was that I was going to, I'm going to let it grow in silver and yeah. stop dying it. And then I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll keep it this way for a while. But I guess, you know, I don't want to always look the same, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't. And then I started looking at pictures and I'm like, I look exactly the same for the past 20 years and I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. I'm not the same. You know, we should all be growing, which is kind of going to lead me to this book I'm reading in a minute, but I, I actually like change. I like mixing things up. Yes, me too. Yeah. Whenever I, I tried to grow my hair back out at one point and then I just never could, or I well, just never wanted to, but I would just change the color of it. I can't. Yeah. You change your color all the time. I mean, since I've known you in the last, how many years have we known each other now? Like seven years mm-hmm. since I've known you six or seven years, I have seen you with purple, mm-hmm. pink, mm-hmm. black, mm-hmm. brown, brown, blonde, bl- blonde. Yeah. I've seen you with five different hair colors Yeah, in five years. Hot pink. Hot pink, really bright, like magenta pink. Yeah. 
Yeah. I have to say, I like this the best though. Oh yeah. This you. is my favorite color, which if, if people are on YouTube, you're like white blonde, like yeah. plat, platinum. Is that what we call it? Yeah. It's, it's like, like almost blonde? kind of purplish, but it's like white blonde. See, I've never had a different hair color than just brown. Like I'm kind of a reddish brown sometimes. You could rock blonde. Okay. We cannot both be wearing short hair and, and blondes. You realize how ridiculous we would look? I'd be like your brown chubby sidekick. <laughs> we could not. There is no way. Do you realize how rich? I mean, I know like when couples have been together and they've been married for a while, they like start to look like each other, but like that would be bad. Does that mean I'm going to glow like you? You can. I'll give you, I'll give you my, my JLo glow drops. Yes. Yeah. Well, you also have me like on no alcohol and like vegetables and some egg whites. That's <laughs> like all I'm eating. For our people that listen to us for a long time, you all can imagine how much I miss my carbs and fat, but I've been cut off. I do. Like, I feel it though. I'm sleeping. We're, yeah. We're sleeping better. We, we, we feel better. We look, our, uh, well, my face is not. See, this is what sucks about getting older. Right. When I was in college, for yeah. my friends from college, I love them so much. We're still, after all these years, we're still on a text thread together. And we can sometimes send like a hundred texts in a day. Like it's ridiculous. When we were in college, like, I don't understand how I'm still alive. Yeah. Just, I think my liver and my kidneys have to be like, girl, we used to get, so first of all, we lived on Subway, Acme pizza, and like fancy dinner was like mac and cheese with cut up hot dogs, nice. right? Because we ne- we no, no one had money. Nobody had money. So our drink, we would make this thing called Yadka. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mean, like bong water and stuff like that. Like that was too fancy for us. So we would get the gallon plastic jug of Vladimir vodka. I'm sorry, trigger warning. Like if you experience this in college and you're like, you're going to throw up again too. We would get the, this, this, the gallon with the handle and it was plastic. Right. So it was like $7.99 for a gallon of vodka. Yeah. Whoever is still out there drinking it, like we're a step up from turpentine. (laughs) (laughs) That's where we're at. It's so gross. And then we would take that and we would cut up lemons and limes. We actually used real lemons and limes. So we must've had some fancy, like change from the sofa, something to go buy them. We would cut them up and then like squeeze it into the, mm-hmm. into, like we probably poured the vodka into like a, a milk jug or something and then sugar, oh. like cane sugar. So you made like your own um, lemon drop. I mean, with really shitty ingredients. So <laughs> gross. And then we would like call it, it would be a Yadka night. Okay. But the best part about it was like, I we never had any money. So, like, if you were going to go to the bar, like, I couldn't afford drinks at the bar. Did what you add maraschino cherries and shallots? No, I did not. <laughs> I love a good shallot. I love a good shallot. Anytime I like a recipe, I'm like, what's in this shallots? Always shallots, the fanciest, the fan, that, those capers. I'm sorry, you didn't mean to interrupt your story. I just no, had to like, like the Dijon mustard of onions, right? right? I fucking love them. But yeah, we would, so we would shake it mm-hmm. and then pour it into like cups and you would drink that before you went to the bar. Right. See, you were an athlete in college. I was, I was getting up at 4 a.m. I was coming home at four. <laughs> <laughs> off of a Yadka drink. It was amazing. I still love, I still love my crew from college so much. They're amazing. We had so much fun. On Wednesdays, it was, it was, you know, 
gay boy night at, at the club. So I would come home at two and then get up, get up at four. What would you, but when you went out for gay boy night, what were you doing? Hanging well, out with be, the gay boys? Well, be, no. Well, yeah, I had a couple friends, um, Chris from the men throwing team. Love you, Chris. If you ever hear this podcast, I don't know if you will, but Hey, Hey, um, he had a boyfriend named, um, I forget, I forget his name, but he drove like a brand new Buick. <laughs> and like before this Buick Enclave yeah, car it became was, like the soccer mom it, car. And it was before Buick's like. Kind of reinvented? Yeah. And okay. it, it was before um, LED lights around your room were, were cool. Like, okay. so it was like the Buick that had the LED lights around the so middle. So he put them in the car? No, it came in the car. Okay. So it was lying with these like different color <laughs> LED Buick lights. It and was amazing. Go out in the yeah. Buick. <laughs> so Chris and his boyfriend in the Buick would come pick us up, and we Wednesday nights at Wall Street had the best music. Yeah. So you we, we would dance till two a.m. and the women's rowing team had practice at five. And but because you were like twenty, you could do it. Oh yeah, the bounce back effect was like way way better than it is when you're 44. Yeah, I mean, I had two glasses of wine on Friday night, and like for two days, I was like, I don't feel good. Yeah, yeah. I went to the, well, r- really quick, and we'll get back on topic. But I, but speaking of it, I went to the um, the new slide park with the kids today. Yeah, and I did the slides with the kids, and at one point, I went off this this purple slide that was like a like a ski slalom, <laughs> and. So my oldest went off and she, she, she flew and then landed. She's like, Oh, I kind of like, you know, butt my nose. And so I, I did the same thing and I tried to avoid smushing my face. And so I turned my head and I cracked my neck. Are you okay? I, yo, no, I'm totally fine. But I was like, yeah, I'm done. The 44 year old does not bounce back the same way as I used to. And, and you're like, a, head. and you're like a ridiculously strong and in shape 44 year old. So I should not attempt this. They had, diff- they had, it was like ski season. It was like green, blue, okay. black. So I'm definitely on the greens and the blues. Did you just go straight for the double black diamonds? I actually did. I know That's where you I would. Started. I know you so started. well at this point. Of course you <laughs> That's did. That's really funny. Yeah. But did you have fun though? Did you feel like you were playing like you were a kid? I did. And I really wanted them. I really wanted to play with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I have to say, I've read a lot of stuff about the importance of play as we become adults Yeah, and how stress relieving it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really true. Like that's one of the best parts to me about being a parent is like when we like play and do four square or we're like giggling about stuff. Like it, it is so, it reduces my stress level more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. They should have adult play therapy. I mean, there's play therapy for kids. If you could play any game again as an adult and let's take away the fear of being hurt, <laughs> what game would you play? Um, I mean, I roller skated a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Yeah. A lot. And then also um, I wrote, I just, I like speed. Mm-hmm. So like I would ride my bike really fast and I would roller skate really fast and I wasn't afraid to, it was kind of really cool to see my kids do this too. They, they um, possessed this like inhibition of like being scared of speed or heights. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even the, uh, the youngest was like, okay, I worked through my, my fear on this one. And now I, yeah. so yeah, roller skating, yeah, long-winded. Yeah. I love that. Yep. 
Well, should we get into part of yeah. kind of what we're talking about today? Can I talk about, um, before yes. we get into what you were going to talk about, I, I'm an, I, I love to read. Reading is like, I can read easily. I can, in a weekend, I can burn through, you know, a book, a book easily. Yeah. Um, I love, uh, I love the learning aspects of reading. I love stepping into somebody else's world, mm-hmm. love everything about it. And it's funny because my mom, avid reader, yeah. um, my grandmother, um, avid reader. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because my, our, my oldest is now like, mom, what book should I read? What book should I read? And I, and he asked me for a scary book. Ooh. I know. And so I gave him, <laughs> I gave him this book that's scared. He's 16. So like, right. He can, he can read scary stuff. And so I gave him the book. Um, oh gosh, the name just escaped me. Son of a bitch. I hate when I do that when we're like live and it'll come back. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of ending things. Ooh. Oh, so oh. If, if you haven't read this book, I'm thinking of ending things. And it's also a Netflix movie. Yes, it's, it is. It is. And I'm hoping that like there's no spoiler warnings out there for it because it is really unique mm-hmm. and it's just it's a like it is almost impossible to put down yeah it's that scary that you're and it's one of those scaries where it's it's not like hey this this you know, what is the, the the netflix parody that Kristen bell did the woman across the street in the book you know the in whole the window thing, and, in the yeah. window it's it's not like one of those right it's a really original story um, but it is, it's scary because you don't quite understand what you're scared of scary. Well, I remember when you finished it, you came outside of the back porch and you were like staring out and you're like, oh my God. Like yeah. It was really it was, a good story. It was a good, it's a good story because of the originality of it. It's decent writing. Um, but it's also that type of scary that it's almost scarier when you don't know what it is you're scared of. Mm. Um, and I said this about bird box was the other book that I read that yeah. I'm like, that book terrified me. You just watched the movie because again, yeah. you don't really know what it is you're scared of. There's not an explanation for it. Mm-hmm. And years ago, I remember, um, before the Blair witch project turned into like a, a silly thing. Like I remember being a young person when I went to see it and it was before we knew that it was fake. Do you yeah. remember when Blair Witch oh, Project I saw came out? It in theater. Oh yeah, like, everyone was like, "It's real, it's real, it's real." And I remember reading some critic about it, and they said the thing that's so scary about it is you never see the thing that's scaring them. Yeah, you only see their reaction to the thing that's scaring them. So are we just mirroring their yeah. emotion? Well, and I think what it is is that your brain starts to fill in the gaps, right? Right, of what you can't see, and that could be a really scary place. Because I guess there's, there's, you know, like you're not as scared when you know what it is, because then you can kind of rationalize or talk yourself out of it. Right. Which is why Walking Dead's not so scary. See, and I've never seen Walking Dead. Oh, we got to watch it. We got to watch that. You said that that's the next, because we, with the oldest, we've been, um, well, with both, both two of the older, with all the kids, we watch different series with them. Yeah. And so with the oldest and the 13 year old, we do Stranger Things. Is that Dog. I think that was okay. No we watched Stranger Things, which amazing. Yeah. And then um the one that we do with Mindy Kaling, or she wrote it, um, Never Have I Ever. We oh, loved yes. that one. And then we did um, I forget what else we're gonna do. I think these our dogs, I'm hoping the sound isn't picking up because they're being assholes. 
They're they're done. They're well, done. Okay. Hopefully they're done. Okay. Okay. So that was a very long-winded way to say, because I, of course, the highly produced podcast and we're completely on topic. It's but fine. I started reading this book called Think Again by Adam Grant. I'm going to hold it up and people mm-hmm. can see it. If There's a right. blue flame match on the front of it. And I have to say, it, it's it's more of like a, it's not a fiction book. It's a nonfiction book. And it's the power of knowing what you don't know. Yeah. And so I'm going to, I'll talk about this again um, on our next podcast, because one of the things that it really identified for me with it is the imposter syndrome, at least at the place that I am in this book. And I'm about halfway through, Okay. but imposter syndrome, which I know actually happens to a lot of queer people, right? Mm-hmm. You like you, you, especially when you first come out. Yeah. You're like, yes, I fe- yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, am I really a part of this community? Am I really this? I don't really think, you know, but it, aside from it being a part of um, like uh, most people are going to feel some level of the imposter syndrome, right. Which is where you don't believe that you like are the things that you're saying, right. Like you lack like the confidence, even though you may have the competence, right. So it's where your, your competence is higher than your confidence. And so the self-doubt that you have can make it in some ways, like imposter syndrome isn't good because you end up like talking yourself out of taking opportunities or trying for things right? because you just don't have the confidence to do it, even though you probably are competent enough to. Right. People right. who don't suffer from imposter syndrome have the opposite where their confidence is bigger than their competency. Okay. And so that's when you have people that are like, well, I can just be a lawyer. I can just be all these things. And eventually it, their confidence is like the, the, because you do have to be competent at things. Right. You actually have to learn. You actually things. have to learn the things. And so your confidence is only going to take you so far. You have to have competency. Yeah. And so there's like kind of those two categories. I, t- I fall into imposter, okay. right? Where my competence is usually going to be higher than my confidence is, but it's a good thing because if you are, if you're in imposter syndrome and you're like, okay, but I'm going to, I'm going to still try things. And yeah. I, I do believe in myself enough that even if I don't know something, I can learn it. Mm-hmm. And then you gain even more um, competence. So they, he, he gives you two really good examples, which I'm going to share with people. So the, the example of where it didn't work right? Where the person was so confident that they had solved the issue is the story of Blackberry, which is, um, and it's funny because when I mentioned to you this earlier, you went to like the fruit. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's how obsolete it's become. Right. Blackberry meaning the thing everybody had before you had an iPhone. Yeah. Cause then the second thought I was, the second thought I had was right. Oh, that thing that everybody had that I didn't have, but wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everyone had one and it was designed for your work emails. Yeah. And so it's, it's, so the guy that invented it, and I'm sorry, guy, I, I, I read your name today and I don't remember it and whatever. Obviously, no one knows you. And so he create, he is this visionary that created this way that you could carry around your work emails in your pocket. He had figured out that people wanted like a keyboard. Cause remember Blackberries had a keyboard. Yeah. Um, and then, but then. And then it's some mobile made the sidekick. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, and at ahead. some point the people that worked for him started saying like, well, but what's the next thing? And like black Blackberries were huge. When I was reading about like the financial success that they had, like, off the charts, huge, insane amount of money and success that they made. Okay. But he thought, I've got this solved. 
people only want a device that's going to sit in their pocket. That's going to connect them to being able to do work and phone calls. They don't want anything else. Well, hello, 2006 and Apple. And Steve Jobs says, let's think about the BlackBerry differently. Yeah. What I think people really want is they want a computer in their pocket. Right. And so the guy that did BlackBerry was like, no, 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 no. People don't want that. They don't want a glass screen. They want a keyboard. They want all this stuff. And so his confidence and thinking, I know what people want. Mm -hmm. It ended up ruining his confidence. Right. And everything crumbled. Yeah. So the other, and everything crumbled and now we all carry iPhones and who the hell has a BlackBerry? Yeah. So I do know that they are, um, I did, I think in the book that, and somebody, if you're listening and you know more about this, like I haven't gotten through the whole book yet, but I'm assuming that BlackBerry is going to, is at some point going to try to come back and reinvent themselves. Interesting. Okay. Um, But the other example they gave is the woman that invented Spanx. Yeah. Like the compression underwear. So here she is. She's like, I like wearing, um, I use the word pantyhose. Some people say nylons. Oh, I, I think my grandma used nylons. Nylons I, or I pantyhose. Pantyhose. Yeah. Yeah. So she tights. would tights. She would cut the feet off and then wear them underneath her clothing to yeah. have like the effect of, of Spanx. And she's like, okay, I'm not a manufacturer. I, I don't live in fashion. Um, I don't, I don't even work in like materials or textiles, but I have enough, enough confidence to know that I don't have any competency in this. Right. And so she goes out and starts investigating and asking all of these people, how can I invent something like this? I don't know anything about it. And she just opens herself into learning. And that that's how Spanx was born. Well, and that's, so that's like what you and Dr. J talk about with, with DEI work. Like mm-hmm. there are no experts. There is no expert. And so you have to ask and it's collective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with, with equity work in particular, you know, you are constantly trying to understand someone else's lived experience right? so that you align yourself as an ally. Right. You're constantly looking to like, especially for people that have not had access to space. So how are you going to create, how are you going to create that? Yeah. And what I find interesting about equity work and I listen, if you think you're an expert, like you do you, I don't love that word. Yeah. And I don't love that word because there is no shortage of what I'm going to learn. Mm-hmm. There never is. Mm-hmm. An expert has a little bit of this connotation of like, I've done it. I yeah, know it. I've reached the, the highest level. I've like, reached the highest like, level. No way. If you believe that you're in deep trouble. Well, and that's kind of what this book is about. Right. Is that just, you know, think again, like constantly keeping yourself open to what you can learn and to be questioning, what do you think, you know, mm-hmm. and being able, like if that guy, and this was one of the interesting things I thought about was, and they say this in the book, if the guy that invented Blackberry stayed open and was still creating products that competes with Apple, mm. where would we be? Mm-hmm. What could we have, in, what could have been invented yeah. when you have a little bit more of that? And you could say like, well, there's, there's Google phones, there's all sorts of different things that are out there, but, but nothing, nothing, nothing to the, to the popularity and usage of iPhones. Right. I mean, every, every possible technological thing you can connect your iPhone to pretty much. Yeah. So the long and short of it yeah. is that this book for me is, is, and they say, you know, it, 
if you can live in that space of, okay, I might have a little bit of imposter syndrome, but I'm going to lean into some of my natural confidence to be like, but I think I can learn this. Yeah. You will probably end up being really successful. Yeah. And they said most high performers, that's where they live. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. They do. They also mentioned that in July, that's when we have a height and our heightened amount of like problems in like emergency rooms and stuff, because the residents have changed out. It's like the new crop of residents that come in and they think that there's a correlation between the amount of like people that, that don't get the care that they need because the residents come in as like, I'm a resident now and they're overconfident and they still don't have the competency. Isn't that fascinating? It is. Well, don't, it, don't go to the ER in July. Don't go to the ER in July because you might die. No, I'm just kidding. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> we'll oh. say this. You might not get the care you need. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what's going on with me. I've been chat, 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 but that's where I'm at. No, that's that's fascinating. I love, I love learning about what you're learning about. So I'm gonna t- we're going to totally switch gears because we've been wanting to do this for a while, a question and answer session. Yeah. And so I'm going to take yours. Okay. This. And so Alex, if you don't know, has an incredibly popular social media following. Hmm. Um, they have a TikTok account, which is Alex the Human Human. Mm-hmm. And a lot of your content is people literally asking you questions. Yes, I do. I, I do all sorts of stuff. But um, yes, a lot of it is what is trans and what is non-binary. I, I, how many times do you think at this point you have answered the question what what is non-binary well i i i think that like a lot of us or a much some of us i should say um tiktok got really really popular over covid yeah and so i was like oh you know covid we're all home like i'll just try this thing so it was just summer of 2020 um so between summer in the past two years um i've probably answered and been asked that i don't know over a hundred times. Yeah. I want to say, I think it's probably hundreds of times. It's, it's one of the most common questions. And then sometimes you get people that are like, what are you? Right. Oh yeah. What are you? Um, no, you're not your male, female, pick one. Um, you are, you are what you are at birth. Like basically saying, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, you know what? Nice try. I know. And somebody who's commenting after a one minute video somehow thinks that they know who you are better mm-hmm. than you do. Yeah. So here's some of the. Speaking of competency. Anyway. I know, right? Speaking Jesus. of, we need to send them a copy of this book. Okay. So we're going to, you've, you've compiled for me. I was like, Ali, give me like the questions that you feel like you get asked the most. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel like he is dancing under our sofa. Well, Rosie's in there too, right? She's sleeping with me. Oh, okay. She's perfect. She is. She's she a perfect is perfect. Um, I, I, I went to my comments and I just started writing out some stuff. Okay. So you ready for your first one? Okay. How did you get so wise? Do you have a background in therapy? How did I get so wise? Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> okay there's that okay no um i think you know i actually it's funny no i no i don't have a background in therapy i I have gone to therapy um i've gone to different types of therapy speaking of competency i like to learn different because there's different kinds of therapy you know two things that stuck with me 
throughout my childhood. Um, my dad always saying, I, um, just be happy. Mm-hmm. Find what makes you happy. And then my mom saying, I remember her pounding her fist on the, the kitchen counter one night and just saying, you can do it. Mm. And so for some reason or another, those two memories are locked in my brain and have kind of like fueled a lot of my way of thinking, even though I'm still as a, a, a messy as fuck human. I like messy as fuck like, humans. Like all we are. So I, you know, I'm, I'm slow at times. I don't always get it the first time. Um, I'm, I, but I also really value the truth and, um, growing and learning. And I don't ever want to stay the same. I want to say the thing, what I've learned from you and, and especially over the last year is that you in particular have done a lot of educating yourself around trauma and the impacts of narcissistic abuse Mm -hmm. to the point where you can actually predict a lot of times things that are going to happen. Yeah. And I've started asking you, I'm like, I feel like you're from another planet and you're psychic or you're like a time traveler. Yeah. Yeah. I've just like, you know, one of the, the what the, one of the people that I, I follow a lot, um, Dr. Nicole LaPera, um, holistic psychologist, she's on um, Instagram and uh, TikTok and all the, all the social media platforms um, is that what really resonates with me in a lot of the research, just all that makes sense is that we, we, th- what we think, you know, like our feelings and thoughts get stored in our body. And I think it's our, our world is going in the right direction, but we forget that our stories live in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so part of the work, the work, you know, and, and, and one person said, you know, let's, let's maybe not say the word healing as much as recovery. Oh, okay. So, so you're the, the last half of my life you know, if, if life is a series of relapses and recoveries, the last half of my life, I want it to be that I'm in recovery my whole life, Mm -hmm. that I'm now dedicating myself to being kind and being compassionate to other people and myself, forgiving myself for what I've done for, for all the hurt that I've caused, all the hurt that I caused myself, other people, and that that actually will contribute to my own wisdom. And then somehow I could actually, if I embody that and can dislodge my own body's pain, then I can actually start to elevate myself. Mm-hmm. So do you feel like at this point in your life, you're in recovery? Um, yes, I do. Um, I ask myself every day on some level, like, have I hurt anyone today? Mm. Um, because that's the last thing I want to do. And, and then I dig, like, I will analyze my own emotion. Where's this coming from? How is this person feeling? And where's that coming from? Is this mine? What do I need to do here? And I wonder if a lot of it is like, like the hyper village, village, hyper vigilance Mm -hmm. of growing up in a home with an alcoholic parent, Mm -hmm. where you have to be like my dad wasn't violent. He didn't, you know, yell. He wasn't like, but he was like, you, you did have to know you had to be, you were still like living in a codependent home. Mm -hmm. So you had to be aware of what, 
what was going to happen next, who was going to say what, and then no one ever talked about it. Yeah. And, and, and my parents were the parents, mom, I love you. You know, I love you, but also, and I remember saying to my mom, when I was nine years old, you should, you should just get a divorce. And so then they, but they were the couple that stayed together until I was 19, until the kids left the house. Yeah. And so that absolutely has an impact on the kids. And anyway, I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but, um, I just did not, I'm not, I don't want my kids to know the pain that I knew once Mm -hmm. I knew that pain. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we've talked about this a couple of times on here that I think one of the things of, of coming out and being a mother, when you come out and subsequently, like I found the love of my life Yeah, and it was a, it was a shift for my kids. Right. Because they were the center of my world. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like, well, this is, this is who I am. And, you know, Glennon Doyle, lover or hater. One of the things that she wrote, wrote about really, really well yeah, is that motherhood is not martyrdom. Mm-hmm. And in a family unit, if any member of that family is not able to fully be their authentic self, you are living in a dysfunctional family. So I think when I came out and, you know, it was definitely hard for the kids. I used to get a lot of that, like well-meaning mother who would like do the head nod and be like, "Mm, how are you? And how are the kids and all the children? And like, it's everything in me not to say back, like, but you're choosing to keep your kids in a home that they're every day seeing conflict that maybe nobody's talking about, or maybe there is argument and conflict and it's never being resolved. I'm like, I don't think that that's healthy either. Right. They're living with two completely disconnected people. Like, how is that healthy? I don't think it is. No, it's not. But for the appearances, appearance sake of we stayed together for the kids, that's something I think needs to be like, think again. Right. I don't know that that's always, and you never know anybody's situation, but I don't know that. And there's a whole bunch of like historical reasons why women were not able to to, to leave. I mean, we're talking like in the seventies, women couldn't even get a fucking credit card for themselves. Right. We didn't have laws that protected. I mean, just go and watch the Bretty, Betty Broderick story, like read about her and yeah. like what happened to her. And so like, there, there are reasons why marriages had to stay together just for the, the fact that like, I don't know that women could even get out of certain situations. Um, so I don't mean to make it sound like, oh, we'll just get a divorce because that is not <laughs> is not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do I do find that when I have these conversations with you, and one of the ways you've always really challenged me to think, and I love that, is be in recovery. You're not healing. You're you're recovering of yourself in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think, and I did say healing for a long, long time, and and it's like that. You know, when we know better, we do better. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Maya. Like. Um, healing kind of can bring up this, there's an end point and there is no end point. If you're committing yourself to, you're committing, you're committing yourself to all of it. You, you are just in recovery from living in a way that was self-betrayal, people-pleasing, um, you know, I want to recover from all of that and not be that person mm-hmm. anymore. Mm. So that, that, that was a long answer for number one. 
Yeah. And yeah. I want to say really quick, because you start out with narcissistic abuse. I want to just say, we're going to talk about that. I mean, I know we kind of already mentioned about, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be an episode about abuse coming. Um, that narcissistic abuse is a very specific, from my, my experience, a very specific type of emotional and psychological abuse. Mm-hmm. And if you've never experienced it, good for you. It is a fucking mind fuck. Yeah. And I hope n- no one ever has to experience it. Um, and also love that it's all over social media. Like, oh, did you, were, were, you know, were you married to a narcissist? And were you, you know, how do you know if you're the person you're dating the narcissist? And, and, and that we can't just throw out that word. Right. We can't just call everyone a narcissist. There are specific behavior patterns and um, that, you have to be able to witness and get away from for that. It is really fucking hard to do and to, because you, um, it causes brain, it it causes brain damage. It rewires your brain, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about the world. It is probably one of the most hideous things I think in the world. And so anyway, we'll get there. Um, but we're not quite ready yet. We're not quite quite ready yet, but it's coming. Okay. Um, so one of the next questions that I think you- On a lighter you, note. On a lighter <laughs> note. That was quite a segue. <laughs> uh, this dog is killing me. It's like he's, I think he's stuck under he's the sofa. Dan. Yeah, he's stuck. Okay, you're fine, Bo. There you go. Lay down. Why people listen to our podcast, I will never understand. And they do. You do. And now, now they're watching us on YouTube, which I also won't, I don't understand, but Okay. Did you wave at people? I, I did. I, mean, I, don't, I just I, pretend this wave whole, too. I pretend this is not happening. It's like not here. Isn't she cute? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So some of the other questions you get, I'm confused as hell because <laughs> the love of my life are gay and I'm in progress. I care because I love them. I need them. This matter. That's a real question. <laughs> Um, I think this was coming from a, a parent, a mom. Ah, was saying, okay. I'm confused as hell. I also know that my kid is gay. My other kid is in transition progress. And all I know is that I love my kids. And I also don't know what to do. Ah, thank you for yeah. translating uh, that. I, maybe I'm reading your shorthand here and I'm like, Alex, help me. Oh no, that was word for word. That's what, <laughs> well, 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 bless their heart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me when you, because this is a comment that you do get, because these are the most common ones that you get. Yeah. So like, okay, you're a non-binary trans person. My kid has just told me this. What the fuck? I love them. I don't know what to do. What's your quick hot take answer? Well, are we asking like, what is non-binary? Oh, that's the next question. So tell me again, what's non-binary? Is it like not committing to one gender or another? Um, Short answer. Sure. Okay. <laughs> non, if you look at gender as a prism, um, I guess even for easier, more simpler terms, uh, if, if you're drawing it on the whiteboard, it's you can look at it as, as like a spectrum. Um, and I look at it, speaking of, ex- I'm, I'm only expert on myself I'm, and I'm even not even an expert on myself sometimes, <laughs> still learning. <laughs> I learn something every day. Um, that non-binary, if if the binary is, you know, it's a boy, it's a girl, you live outside of that. Right. Or you embody both 
with characteristics, stereotypical behavior, stereotypical expressions or presentations. Yeah. One of the things I was so grateful to learn from you is that I was somebody, this is something I had to learn or unlearn, right? Um, I always learned that the way that we expressed ourselves was reflective of a binary gender. Mm -hmm. And I've loved that. I love rethinking and relearning that, that gender doesn't actually owe you anything. Like it doesn't owe you an expression to have it make sense. And so there's a couple people, you, you definitely embody this. And then there's a couple of other people I've met that their gender is their gender and their expression is their expression and they don't necessarily align. So like you can be the most hyper femme expression person in the world, but identify as a man. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of get to do whatever you want. Yeah. But I definitely had to relearn this. Because I was I was brought up in, in in a world where if you identify as this, this is how you express yourself. Yeah. And I go back to like the 80s mm-hmm. where I'm like, we did have a couple people that were really pushing those norms. I think of Boy George, mm-hmm. I think of Grace Jones. Those are the two that kind of prince to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, maybe oh, David Bowie, Mick maybe Jagger. David, Nate, David Bowie, Mick Jagger, maybe, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I still remember Mick Jagger did some video dancing in the streets. Wasn't that yes, with David Bowie? I watched that on repeat. Yeah. It and very because they're very, it's very homoerotic. And I remember being like, what's happening mm-hmm. here? But I, this is something I've had to relearn that even yeah. though you may identify as non-binary, that is completely different than expression. Yeah. And you get to express yourself however you want. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think drag definitely helped me do that. But even when I came out as non-binary in real life, like I swung to the other, I swung to the opposite binary oh, side. You went super hyper mask for a while. I did because I was also unpacking. I'm like, what does this even mean? I don't even know how to do this. I just knew I, yeah, it was a process. Yeah. I remember it's interesting. I don't know how much we've ever talked about that on here, but when you did um, first telling me when you were first telling me who you were, yeah, you, let me put it this way. When we met you, I would always describe you as like androgynous, yeah, right? Like a little bit of a girl, a little bit of a boy, definitely a little bit, but I, but you never really tipped over over to more masculine. Mm -hmm. You were always definitely like feminine, she, her pronouns, um, all the things. And then you finally were like, well, this is who I am. And you were like, how far can I swing over here? (laughs) And all of a sudden we had like a hard part. We were like, I can't ever even wear anything that's feminized clothing. And I was like, okay, okay, we're going all the way over there. But now, like, as, as it's been years since you've transitioned, you've kind of come back a little bit more towards the middle. Yeah. I so why, that do you, too. why do you feel like that is? I think it's like, a, um, 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 you, you know, where I guess truth has legs. You just, you will, you will eventually, as you keep searching, you will eventually fall to where your truth is. So where do you, where, and, and, and the truth, obviously, because we, as we grow older, yeah. right. And you know yourself and you uncover things about yourself and you should constantly be learning, changing and evolving. So your truth today, as you know, it is where, where do you feel yourself? I would definitely say I'm still masculine of, if there's a center, a masculine of the center, um, don't plan on at least now going off of hormone therapy, 
um, see myself in the mirror where I'm like, yeah, that still doesn't look like I'll feel the way I look and the way I feel still don't quite align. And so, um, what can I ask though? Like what doesn't quite align for you still? Oh, I'll, I'll have like gender, uh, body dysphoria around my chest. Mm. And, and then, um, so there's, there's that. And, and then some days I'm like, ah, fuck it. And then some days I'm like, Oh, I'm really struggling today. Um, I'm going to ask you something super personal. Yeah. So do you think if you were born into a body that had a very like voluptuous chest, like if you were walking around with what I have, because I wear a 32 triple D, yeah. right? If you were walking around with a 32 triple D chest, do you think you would have elected to have different surgeries? Oh, I probably would have had top surgery years ago. You would have. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just know that I happen. I'm, I'm in the body I'm in. Right. And I happen to have a smaller chest. I can totally get away with wearing a binder and it works. I, yeah. But when you take that binder off, sometimes you still feel like. Yeah. It's not quite where you want it to be. Sometimes. Hmm. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, there I am. Yeah. You're very, very non-binary. I, I, re- I really am. I, I, I'm constantly, and then I, that, that's, and then that's the comfort of being fluid. And so before we're not even going to get to these questions, it's fine. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> It's this our is, podcast. We can do whatever the fuck is, we want. Ask the non-binary person. Ask the non-binary person. So basically, I'm just playing the part of all the people <laughs> on your social media accounts. Um, oh shit! And I lost my question. It was a good one. This, um, playing the part. Um, oh, so this is where I can understand from your from what you've told me. So no, because you've always felt this way. It's not like you just woke up one day and you were like, oh, I feel this way. Yeah. You've always felt this way. Oh, yeah. You just never had the language of non-binary. Yeah. So how, do, I mean, it had to have feel, felt like, oh my God, like there's a name for this. Yes. I am not alone in this world. Yeah. I think, uh, and, and I don't know any different. Um, I think because basically I, I was born into the body that I'm in, I wouldn't change um, the, the lower half, it's very, it's very strange. It's, it's, yeah, I guess it's the life of being a non-binary person. Well, and, and since I'm asking all the questions instead of doing what I was supposed to do on this podcast tonight, but I noticed too, when you, when you tell people who you are, Mm -hmm. a lot of people go to questions that they shouldn't ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, are you going to get a surgery? Yeah. Are you on hormone replacement therapy? Yes. And like they, they kind of want to know what's in your pants. Yeah. And I find that utterly fascinating that people feel like they can ask those questions. Yeah. Like I would never come up to some dude and be like, are you impotent? Are you taking Viagra? Like I would never, I would never come up to some woman and say, you look like you're about menopausal age. Have you gone on hormone replacement therapy yet? Yeah. Your boobs look a little saggy. Do you want to get top surgery? Like I would never ask somebody those questions, but you get asked that all the time as a trans person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the beginning for sure. And I, and I would, would, you know, I would entertain it because I was so used to explain myself and because oh. labels were, um, 
I, I was the person who for years, decades would say, well, I, I have no labels. And then all of a sudden I got all this language. And I'm like, I am this, this, and this, and this, and this, which would, which felt crazy empowering. And, and then um, now coming around to this idea, not idea, but this knowingness, I should say, like, I know I finally on an energetic level, understand what is happening inside of me. And these labels, I needed them at first for me. Now I know that other people need them more than I do. Well, so we are back on track because that is one of the questions. Yeah. Yay. Look how that all came together. Um, you don't, you do, or don't label yourself and tell us like, can you just kind of repeat it, almost repeat and just go a little bit farther. Cause when I met you, you told me labels were bullshit. Right. Totally. And I think I said to you, I am a person that is comforted by labels. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was the less. <laughs> oh my God. It was because pretty sure, pretty sure you're gay. <laughs> I know we were, we, we were hanging out and, and I think I said to you, I had made a joke about you being a lesbian and you put your finger in my face and you were like, I am not a lesbian. I don't believe in labels. Don't ever call me that. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, noted. I will never, because obviously I'm going to respect who you are, but I was a little, I was confused by that. Yeah. So can you tell me, I mean, it's been years, but like, let's go back to that moment. At one point you completely rejected all labels. Mm-hmm. Then you get language and you're like, labels, labels. Yeah. Where are you with it now? Or to explain kind of those different phases, if you don't mind. You know, I think this is where I get into, um, for lack of a better word, trouble into TikTok where people get really mad at me mm. because, because I will explain these words. Um, not was non-binary, was transgender. And for, for me, <laughs> I am just in this place in my life where, and you know, and, and bro friend had mentioned this too. You will get to a place where you don't need to explain mm-hmm. anything anymore. You, you're just going to be. And so now I talk about it and I can talk about these labels and say, yes, I use these labels. Um, it, it helps compartmentalize and simplify this gorgeousness well that all of us have in us um it's an it's it's energy it's knowingness it's authenticity it's intuition it's just i understand it but i know that i I know that people we we all do need words and language it's the one thing that sets us apart from other animals we can talk to each other and so um i just so I just, I don't get, it's, I guess I can separate, I'm this place where I can separate out, um, yes, I'm this label because I know that this will help you understand mm-hmm. this and I'm here to hold your hand through it. And I don't mean that in a condescending way at all. It's, um, I actually want to be a part of this process mm-hmm. and and part of this growing of, of the world and um. But I don't need, I know that I, I, I white knuckled those, those yeah. words in the beginning because I had to. Yeah. Well, and I guess it goes back to like initially what you were talking about, about being in recovery. The more recovery you find yourself in, the more you're able and wanting to walk people through that process with you. You want to be a part of it. Yeah. Where I think from a more wounded place, 
where you were saying like, I don't want to like in bro friends and like, you just don't want to have to continuously explain yourself. Yeah. And so I think for allies that are listening, that, that is a part of, I think being queer that is people don't mean to be harmful, but it is harmful. It is, it is harmful to continuously ask people who don't live in the heteronormative majority to continuously explain themselves and their existence mm-hmm. for your understanding. Yeah. And it's, and I know I get it. It's hard because nobody comes up to you and is like, explain to me why you're straight. Explain to me what straight feels like. Yeah. You've never had to do that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really understand what it's like when you have to continuously tell people, this is who I am. This is why I came out when I came out. Yeah. This is what this feels like for me. And now living in a world where it's like, you know, people will sit and openly argue your, your existence. Yeah. And, and that's where I can get a little spicy with our, with our, you know, heteronormative world, because I'm like, y'all just sit around constantly questioning us and nobody questions you. And if somebody did, you'd get offended. (laughs) Well, and that, that brings me, um, to one of the other, the latest, one of my more recent videos was, um, cisgender. This woman got this person got very angry, got really angry. And and she was like, I am not a cisgender woman. I'm like, Oh honey, I've been there. I've been there where you're like, I am not this. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're not understanding and then, and then like going back, not, not back and forth in like a combative way, but like trying to be like, Hey, this is, this is where I'm coming from. And then just getting angrier, angrier. I'm like, Oh, so um, was she, was she, how do you know she was cis, cisgendered? She had said, and there's, it's a few actually different. I'm, I'm kind of clumping. It's a few different, several different comments from different accounts, people saying, I'm not a cisgender woman. I'm just a woman. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, okay, let me just, let's do this. Let's right. unpack this. Let's, let's look at all these different terms and labels. Um, yes, you are you, you are a woman. And you, um, when you came out of your mom and the person said it's a girl, like that's, and you're, you're saying you're a woman, that's cisgender. Right. Like <laughs> it's I'm just not, what it means. It's just a literal definition. Yeah. It's a literal definition. I'm not, you know, harming you or calling you a, a dirty name. Like it's a definition and that heteronormativity just fucks with us so bad. Like, you know, but yet it's left to the queer people to have the labels. Why? Yeah. Well, I guess that's what I would say to that woman is like, so you're basically on a queer person's account. Mm-hmm. that this, that you, Alex, and, and being a person that you use social media to spread awareness around all sorts of different things that face the queer community. And it, a lot of times educational, you, you get a lot of comments from people who are older yeah. and they'll be like, I didn't like you at first, but I sure like that you explain things to me in a way that's supportive and not using shame or wokeness. And that's what's so fascinating about someone coming on saying, don't you dare call me cisgender. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's just factually who you've told me you are, right? As you're saying, doctor, born, woman, but all the things. But yet she's 
like a part of a society that goes constantly labeling everything about our existence. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the reflection. It's like, so is it really, then, then, then nobody can have labels, right? Yeah. Like that's actually, or everybody does. And we just take the harm away from it. Yeah. And I've even said it on my different videos. I'm like, you know, first and foremost, we're all human, but we're not evolution. We're, we're not in a place right now where we can all just say, yeah, we're just human. Like we're not there yet. Well, and I think that's one of the, the, the comments that I've seen a lot is, you know, well, can't you just be human? Can I just say, and I, you know, and I think it goes back to the person that's, that is actually impacted. Right. That for them, you know, so like for me, I'm going to use myself as, as an example here. I like the label queer. Yeah. That's who I am. I use that label because it feels affirming to me. <laughs> so if you say to me, well, you don't have to label yourself. I'm like, but right now I do. Yeah. Because if these systems were not in place that harm us, we wouldn't need to have this sense of like, do you see what I'm getting at? And I can't I quite finish the sentence. No, it's, it's fine. Cause we're getting, we're getting towards the, 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 the end anyway, but, and this is obviously a much bigger conversation of, but in when in doubt, right. Yeah. I always go back to the same thing. Who is the person that is impacted? Mm -hmm. It is not a person who is cisgender. Yeah. They're not impacted by somebody using language that is affirming to them. Mm -hmm. And so she can say, Hey, I get that I'm cisgendered, but I really just like to be, you know, referred to as a woman. Cool. That's not a problem. Yeah. I, I, everybody deserves that respect, but to, to take anger at it mm -hmm. is the part where I'm like, but you're not actually impacted by being called a cisgender woman because yeah. that is the center of privilege, except for the fact that you're not male. That is the center of privilege and power. I'm, I, I'm also assuming, I don't know actually if the, the color ethnicity or uh, race of this person. Right. Um, but that's part of it, right? Is that it is about who is impacted? Who are we yielding the floor to? Who are we making space for? So as a person that lives in the heteronormativity in a body that is cisgendered, you don't get to come in and tell a queer person what labels mean. Yeah. And, and the, the she, this one person was like, well, you're non-binary. You use a label. Not the same. And I'm like, you know, not what? the same, not the same, but nice try. And that's what I mean about like, you know, you center the person that is impacted. Yeah. And so whoever that is and whatever element of their identity that is, that is what we honor and center because it has been erased or used to harm someone. Yeah for centuries. Mm -hmm. So it gets a, it, it, I totally hear what you're saying. And I also understand that if, regardless of who you are and how you identify, sometimes labeling does not feel good. Mm -hmm. And so you have to open your mind to what might not feel good to me might feel really good to someone else. Yeah. And I don't actually get to make that decision for them. They get to make that decision for them. Right. So that woman, you're a woman. Cool. cool. Cisgender is actually not an insult, but okay. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. I'm not insulting you. It's just a definition. Right. But you somehow think that this is an insult. Okay. You know, do you ever get to the point where you're like, I just 
you can't teach self-awareness. Oh my gosh. I yes. I watched TikTok is, is amazing in lots of ways in there that you, you can't, you, you can't make someone drink the water. Well, you can't, you can't, you can't make somebody sometimes like, and I, I, I have dealt with this a lot in my job Yeah. of, and this is the other thing I'm going to you know say about this person who, who didn't want to be referred to as cisgender. You can't, you can't, you have to do your own work to get out of your own fragility. Mm-hmm. And so if your fragility is saying, I can't talk about race, what about me as a white person being made to feel uncomfortable talking about race? Oh, well, I don't want to be called cisgender. I don't want to have labels like they have in the queer community. <laughs> that is your fragility. Yeah. And so that is you making it about you. Mm-hmm. And most of the time it's just not. Mm-hmm. That is a very freeing thing to learn in life. Not about you. It's mm-hmm. about this person over here. Yes. Oh boy. How you feeling over there? Really good. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, I think we were hoping to get to like one more topic and we're not going to do it. We'll have to save it for our next one. Okay. You go, good with that? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having such a good conversation with me. Oh, thank you. Can I do a little preview of like what, what we think is coming? Hey. Yeah. So we've been, we've been actually like on schedule, which is amazing for you and I. Oh, oh, good. I think we've been doing like every other Thursday. Okay, good. So next, I'm traveling for work next week. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to put you in my, uh, go in your suitcase. I think we've only had, since we've been married, we've only had one night where we didn't sleep in the same bed. Yeah. And it was because I had to go take care of my mommy. <laughs> And she hurt herself and yeah. I didn't want to leave her side. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't come home. I stayed at her house. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be gone for like three, two nights, three nights, three days, two nights. It feels long. It We're still newlyweds. Um, so next week we will not be on, but the week following we will be. Yes. <sighs> what do you want to do that week? What should we give people a little spoiler alert towards? You know, um well we have we talked about it last episode where we have plans to discuss um what 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 the heck has been happening yeah. that we don't talk about on our podcast yeah um oh i moved the computer there we go um <laughs> hey, Terry, hi. see i'm gonna acknowledge it and wave there we hey, go listeners. hi <laughs> i think my boobs look good your boobs do look good. <laughs> I have a different, a different, um, I stare at them all for dinner. Oh my God. <laughs> if I had boobs, would you stare at mine? Yes. See, I stare at all the parts of you. I stare at all the parts of you too. That's, that's what happens when you, when you marry the love of your life. Mm-hmm. I'm saying. So, okay. But anyway, episode. Yeah. We have, um, a couple, it's probably, we have a really large, topic to discuss i actually don't even really know where to start with it it's involves um domestic abuse Mm -hmm. um legal system straight washing straight washing um all sorts of really real things that have been happening yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take a moment here to like frame it in my head okay and so i think part of what being your wife and being your partner, there's been 
a four-year period that you have been, I mean, you've been divorced for a long time, Mm -hmm. but there's, it has not ended. Uh -uh. And it's been in a legal battle for years. Yeah. And the person that you have been divorced from for a while, but are still battling legally has been using the legal system to continue abuse. Yeah. I left the house and he pretended I didn't exist. And it has been one ridiculous, just absolutely absurd level of just circling a drain basically for years. Yeah. And because the legal system, you know, acknowledges all people, they have to entertain it to a certain degree, which is exhausting. Which is exhausting. I understand why. I'm okay with why. I am too. But I'm going to say it is rapidly coming to an end. Mm-hmm. And that end is in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and we are hopeful that it's coming to an end. There is a stop to it. Our court system, which I did not know, does have a, a stop to it. That like once certain decisions are made, you you can't keep just fighting and fighting and fighting. Like they actually are like, we're not going to listen to you anymore. Like this is what it is. Yeah. And we are rapidly approaching that. Yeah. And so what has been, when we, when you were talking earlier about narcissistic abuse specifically, mm-hmm. that if you have not witnessed it, thank God, but well, it is, yeah. it is, I've been witnessing it. Yeah. If you, and by yeah. extent, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. But by extension, you start experiencing it. Yeah not in the same way, but in a different way. And I just have to say, I was so ill-prepared to understand like what it actually is and how it is absolutely disorienting. Yeah. That's the best word I have for it. It is incredibly disorienting. Yeah. They, the, the person doing the abuse, it's, I, I we'll go into more detail, but they, they live in their head in a bomb shelter. Mm-hmm. And they pull you, they, the black and white thinking my way or the highway, they are just operating from intense insecurity, extreme fear, paranoia, and it is debilitating and destabilizing and they do it. And I, I'm trying to understand if it's deliberate um, or, I mean, they're just on autopilot based off of the abuse they got from their parents and no one stepped in. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think the, probably the most well-known narcissist any of us have ever oh, seen Trump. Is, is Donald Trump. Yeah. When the, he believes his own bullshit. When he believe and they, and he believes it. Yeah. He really does believe that he is still rightfully president. That's what's terrifying. That's what's so terrifying. Yeah. They believe, they totally believe They it. believe these crazy things. Yeah. And they're so insistent upon it. At some point, you start to think, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Right? And right. then you, you you spend a lot of time circling in your head over, yeah. over details. And do I have this right? And could I just be seeing this completely wrong? Which is actually how I know you and I are not narcissists. Oh, yeah. If you're <laughs> asking yourself. Right. <laughs> well, and speaking of labels, it's like, you know, even, even narcissism, like, you, it's, it's a group of, I've, cause I've asked myself, I'm like, maybe, maybe this person's a narcissist, maybe they're not, but I just know the patterns of behaviors, the, um, the tactics, the gaslighting, the, 
control, the, control, the destabilizing, the dehumanizing, the complete lack of empathy, you know, that check, 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 check. Well, and I, I'm going to go to Donald Trump for a minute. Too. Yeah. Like, do you remember, this is going years and years and years ago before he was president, but Rosie O'Donnell very famously made fun of him and exposed him in a way on the view Yeah, that they say that that is like the one thing you never do to a narcissist. Oh man, they fucking throw a fit. You never expose them, especially in a public way. Yeah. Um, you never, if, if you leave them, if you reject them in some way, mm-hmm. like it is like a duck and cover. Yeah. And so she wrote a book at one point and I read her book and she talks about it. Oh. And she says, because the abuse that she had to take from him and all she said was something factual like Donald Trump basically had been bankrupt, like how many times, right? Like that's what she said. And he erupted on her in a way where she was every time he had a chance to talk about her and like the things that he would say about her. Yeah. I mean, horrific things that he did. And that was the first time I remember being like, Oh my God. And you know, now he, he's about to run for president again, even though the FBI were like, you know, Hey, let's like set up some real estate here in Mar a Largo and start <laughs> digging through us. And what do you think was in that safe? <laughs> I think it's got ties to Jeffrey Epstein, but that's just me. Yeah. I think mm. there's a whole bunch of shit in there, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some stuff about Jeffrey Epstein in there. Oh, cause they were yep. thick as thieves sleeping with underage girls in the Bahamas Pray. that were sex traffic. Oh God. There that is. Okay. okay. But we're not a political podcast. No. Dad. Speaking of political, gayness is not political. Anyway. <laughs> God fucking shit. No, gayness is just who you are and who you love and how you identify. Mm-hmm. But emotionally abusive people will tell you that it's political. Okay. Let's just move to end on that note. I'm sorry. Not sorry never apologize for being honest. Well, that's just truth. Right. Yeah. Somebody's identity is not, it, it's not up for political debate. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, wear, coming soon. If, if I wear a, a rainbow t-shirt, gay, take it off. Still gay. <laughs> I was going to say, if we were measuring our gayness by the level of rainbows we wear, I, I don't wear rainbows. Still gay. Right. I don't wear pins. I don't, I don't fly a flag off of our house. Yeah. We have our, our t-shirts for the gym sometimes, but you know, sometimes, but like yeah. you would walk around, see me walking around being like, I don't think that girl's gay. Still gay. <laughs> Can't really take it away from me. Mm-hmm. No matter how much you try to control what I wear and what I carry. Oh my God. Okay. Should we do another episode brought to you by the letter F? Rough. Hey, people count that shit. They do. And they send us letters about it. Okay, Alex. Okay. Tell people all the things. We'll be back soon. We'll be back soon. Balls of Magic. Go check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Go also check out Youth Scene on Instagram and Facebook. You can email us at howtobequeerpodcast at gmail.com. I think that's it, right? I think that's it. Okay, see you next time. Youthseen.org. How to be, oh, ooh, howtobequeer.org.com. Wow, okay, that was a horrible launch. We'll talk about that next time. (laughs) Okay, see you soon. Okay, bye. Love you, bye.